I have this friend, his name's Bobby. He loves to fish, all right? I mean, he's like, he's got $400 reels, you know, those big ones that you get to do ocean fishing, okay? Well, here's the strange thing, though. He gets seasick. He goes out on these boats that go out overnight, you know, out in the ocean, out of, off the coast over here. They go out about two miles and they go fishing. But he goes out and he gets seasick. And he told me one time, he said, he goes, I have never been so seasick in my whole life. He goes, I literally felt so awful. He goes, with every pitch and every roll, he wondered if he was going to survive the trip. He still had another whole day. About that time, he's you know, leaning over the side of the boat, and one of the deckhands comes over and says to him, don't worry, nobody's ever died of seasickness. And he says, oh, please don't say that. It's the thought of dying that's keeping me alive. <laughs> Look, how many of you have ever experienced car sickness, motion sickness? Right? Me too. It's really unpleasant, isn't it? It goes by many names. Travel sickness, air sickness, car sickness, sea sickness. There's even space sickness. Even astronauts can get that. It happens, you see, when our eyes get focused on something that isn't moving, while the vehicle we're riding is moving. The inner ear senses the motion of the vehicle, but there's a conflict between what the ear is sensing and what the eye is seeing. So when we suffer from motion sickness, it's because there's a conflict between reality, which is our inner ear, and experiencing a false impression of really what our eyes are perceiving. So as a result, what happens? You get disoriented, you get dizzy. It's the difference between perception of that which is not true and reality, which is true. And that gives us this motion sickness. I have and I do deal with a different kind of motion sickness. And I want to bring this all to you today. I think many of you maybe never knew what to actually call it. You see, I call it spiritual motion sickness. You see, it can happen when I'm in my Bible study group or a life group or a men's group, or maybe I'm visiting somebody at the hospital or somebody just got a bad health report. Well, let me give you an example. This is the first time I really felt it. I have a friend, his name is Dave, and his wife, Melinda, and uh, this goes back about 20 years now. We just became believers, Mary and I. Um, he worked for me at Budget Rent-A-Car. He was one of my managers. And uh, they just had a baby. And I get a call from work saying that the baby, they have rushed off to Desert Regional here, the baby stopped breathing. So Mary and I, we jump in the car, you know, we head over there and, and we'll go in, you know, we're looking for this couple and they said, oh, come with us. And they walk us over to this little room. And I'm thinking, this can't be good. You open the door, you go in, there's a few chairs. That's it, dim light. And then the doctor came in and told them that their newborn baby had died from SIDS. Well, I watched my friend Dave. He's a bodybuilder big guy. He just fell on the floor. And if you're ever, I always wonder what weeping and gnashing of teeth sound like. I heard it that day. Just pouring the heart out. And me and Mary are standing there going, we don't know, what do you say? What do you say at a moment like this? We just stood there and hugged him. And You know, 
I remember walking out of the hospital and I'm thinking, you know, God started giving me some scripture verses, you know, I mean, ones that I could kind of recall, like, like from Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Then the Holy Spirit brought another one to mind. From John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. And then another one came into my mind, and it was from James, James 1. And it said, consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Well, you know, I sat, I, mean, I remember just walking out to the car and I responded. I mean, I'm talking to the God in my head. I'm talking to the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I know these scripture verses. Maybe you've done this. Yeah, 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 I know those, I know those. But how am I going to deal with this? It's spiritual motion sickness, friends. It's, it's my physical emotions. It's my mental emotions. And I'm spirit. My spirit's dealing with all this all at the same time. And then the Holy Spirit brought to mind Hebrews 12. Two, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Friends, I, I have to tell you, it was at that moment I was comforted and I had a sense of peace and stability, a little bit about, about my whole spiritual motion sickness. Because you realize, you know something? Jesus is the only one that's going to help me deal with the difficulties like this in life. How do I come alongside my dear friend? What, what do you do here? Fix your eyes on Jesus, Paul. That's, I mean, I can hear, you know, it's clear as day. Fix your eyes on Jesus, Paul. Fix, fixing your eyes on him can help carry you through the worst sadness, the worst spiritual motion sickness in your life. You know, there's uh, Corey Tenenboom. I came across a story from her. She wrote of an incident that took place at the prison camp that she and her sister were held in during World War II. Every Friday, I'm going to read the story, every Friday the Nazis made the prisoners completely undressed for medical inspection. The women were made to march by grinning guards. Then one day as they were enduring this, Corey said, another page of the Bible just popped into my mind, she goes, as we're dealing with this situation. And she goes, in the verse that came to my mind, it says he hung naked on the cross. She goes, I, I didn't, I, I, she goes, I didn't know that. I, I never actually thought that, because the paintings, all shown with, or cruci, cruci, crucifix is shown with a, a cloth on him. But then she goes, I suddenly realized that the reason they were made that way and painted that way was because the artist was doing it out of reverence for Jesus. But she says, but oh, at that time itself, though, when it was really happening to him, on that other Friday morning, there was no reverence for him. No more than I saw in the faces of those guards watching me walking naked. She, and she said, I leaned forward towards Betsy, that's her sister. She was ahead of me, she said, in line. Her shoulder blades stood out sharp and thin beneath her blue skin. She said, Betsy, they took his clothes, too. And she said, ahead of me, I heard a gasp. Oh, Corey, I never thanked him. 
You see, friends, the only thing that helped Corey and her sister endure their miseries was to fix their eyes on Jesus. And it's the same for all of us. Listen, if you're new here to the church, I do a thing I call don't miss this because I don't want you to miss it. You may have drifted off and your mind's thinking of something part of Corey's story, whatever, but don't miss this. It's amid life's difficulties that we most need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Don't miss that. But too often as Christians, you know what? You know what? We don't do that. We get caught up in the daily grind of life. You know, and when people mistreat us, bills come due, they oh man, we don't have the money for that. Or we're suffering from an illness, or there are difficulties at home, or within your marriage, or the kids, or the grandkids, and you become dismayed, or maybe become discouraged. You know, why is that? It's because we're disoriented, and we're trying to think in terms of how, am I right? How can I fix this problem? We go there, how can I fix this? We forget about Jesus. Let me say it again. You get in your mode, you get in your situations. How many times do you turn to Jesus first? Or do you sit there and go, how am I going to work through the situation? What am I going to do with this? Instead of going to Jesus first. And when that happens, you know what most people do? Okay, they go to bed that night, and all they do is they, go, they keep going back over the situation. They go back over it, and they go back over it, and they go back over it. They toss and they turn all night long, just thinking about whether it was unfairness or injustice that, that's been done to them. And they can't fix it. So if they sleep at all, it's not much. Let me tell you what I learned. I learned long ago the principle of how to face nights like that. Do you want to know what it is? Do you? Really? Now, I'm not saying I always do this, okay? Don't miss this. The principle is I give it to God. I lay in there, you're tossing and turning. What do you do? I just talk, that's what I tell them. I can't fix it. You can't fix the grandkids or, or, or you can't fix your spouse's health situation. Whatever it is, you can't fix it. You can't change it. And it's hard to handle. So God, I'm going to give it to you. And you know what I figure? No, he's going to be up all night anyway, so I'll just give it to him so I don't have to worry about it. Then I roll over and I go to sleep. We've got to remember, as we're walking down life's trials and struggles, to fix our eyes upon him. We must remember that he knows what we're going through. In fact, he's been through worse things than any of us could ever truly imagine. Jesus was very clear and very honest about the reality of life, right? He said, in this world, you will have trouble. Jesus is telling us that life isn't going to be easy. But, but, but see, here's what happens sometimes when you take a scripture out of context. You just say that word. Fix your eyes upon you. You, you take it out of context. But you, I want you to notice what I'm going to share with you here. Jesus didn't stop there. That's not the whole verse. This is what he said in John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. That's Jesus' promise to us. And can I tell you something? 
A promise is only as good as the person who gives it to you. Anybody ever promise you something and not follow through? Am I the only one? How about this one? Did you ever make a promise and not follow through? <laughs> Jesus comes through on his promises. Whatever I have to face, I don't have to face it alone. Whatever you're facing today or whatever you're going to face tomorrow or next week or a year from now, you don't have to face it alone. He'll never leave us. He'll, ne he'll never forsake us. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. And I don't want you shouting them out or anything. I want to ask you a few questions. When you're dealing with anxiety or when you're dealing with stress and fear, do you really think about God? Do you lean on him? How about this one? Do you trust him? Do you pray to him? You see, the only way to control spiritual motion sickness in my life is to let God take control of my life. I once read a true story about a preacher performing a memorial service for a friend who'd been a pilot. I'm going to read you the story. The man had married a lady in our congregation, he said, and he began attending. He said, when I learned that he never made a commitment to Christ, I asked him if he'd be interested in studying God's word with me. Well, he agreed, and ultimately he said I had the privilege of baptizing him. Well, in one of my visits to his home, he took me to his tool shed to show me his project that he was building. He goes, he was building his own plane. He goes, it was a small plane. The wing was under the fuselage. He goes, there were two seats, front and back. He goes on, he goes, I was so impressed with the precision and the detail in the construction of this plane. He refused to cut any corners because he understood that cutting corners could cost him his life. He built this little plane by the book. As I visited with his wife and daughters in preparing for his funeral, his wife told me that Dave always went through his checklist before flying. He made sure everything was working properly. He didn't take any chances. Everything by the book. His daughters told me also that when Dave would take them flying, he would allow them to take the wheel and fly the plane. When his daughters became comfortable with the handling of the plane, he even taught them how to do loops, <laughs> aerial loops. And he says, he, and he says to himself, that wasn't by the book. So I asked him, did your father really take his hands off the wheel? And they said, no, 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 no. They, she said, when one of us was in the front seat, flying the plane, but dad was really in the back with his hand on the wheel. His daughters felt those as if they were flying the plane, but ultimately their father was in control. So when I'm looking at a situation like I shared with you this morning about Dave and Melinda and the loss of their baby, or members of my life group that are dealing with issues and struggles, or some of you that I've talked to or come to visit and you're struggling with, with issues, uh, and, I, and, and I start churning all my emotions and I, I'm, I'm getting spiritual emotion sickness. You know, I, I'm sitting there going, you know, you know I start saying to myself, I'm, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to pray. You know, I want your will in the situation, but in the reality, I want the situation to turn out the way I want it to turn out. Yeah, 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 I know you're in charge. I know you know the beginning from the end. 
I know you have plans to prosper me, not harm me. But you know what? Help my unbelief with this situation. And that's when I go to the scripture verse passages that I call the searcher of hearts. It's in Romans 8, 26 to 28. He says, now in the same way, the spirit, which lives inside every believer, also helps our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he searches the heart Hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I'm going to share with all of you an eternal truth. This is an eternal truth. Things are not what they seem. Things are not what they seem. Our interpretation of all these life events may be more than just a little bit off. There's more going on around us than we could ever imagine in the spiritual realm and think it's more than we could ever imagine. I mean, did you ever wish, did you ever wish that Jesus would just plainly tell you what the heck is going on? Right? What's going on here? Jesus, what am, all right, just tell me, what am I supposed to do with this situation? Well, how am I supposed to approach my parents on this, Jesus? You know, I, both of them need to go into care, and, I, you know, I, it's not going to be an easy conversation. Or I got to take the car away from mom. You know what I'm saying? This is not going to be easy. Tell me how to do this. How do I save this marriage? How do I get off these drugs? You know what, Jesus? I'm struggling financially here. Can you just tell me what you want me to do? Jesus, would you just tell me what you want me to do? to do. It feels like you're playing games with me. It's another don't miss this. Be confident that Jesus never plays games with people who are seeking him in prayer. He never playing games with you or your family or anyone. While you may feel as if you're not in control of your situation, be confident of this. Jesus is always in control. He's always in control. Let me encourage you. Keep trusting and walking with him as he guides you through life by his word and with the presence of his spirit living inside of you. Can I encourage you? You're dealing with all these situations. I want to encourage you to go shopping in Heaven's grocery store. Did you know Heaven has a grocery store? Well, I came across this poem, and I'm going to read it to you. And you guess what it's called? Heaven's Grocery Store. It says, I was walking down life's highway a long time ago. One day I saw a sign that read Heaven's Grocery Store. As I got a little closer, the door came open wide. And when I came to myself, I was standing inside. I saw a host of angels. They were standing everywhere. One handed me a blanket and said, my child, shop with care. Everything a Christian needs is in that grocery store right there behind you. And you can, and all that you want, everything you can carry, you can take. And if you can't get it all, you can, you can come back again. Well, first, well, I walked down the aisle. I got some patience. Oh, and then right there, oh, love. It was in the same row. So I grabbed some of that. 
Further down was understanding. Well, you know, everybody, you need that, right? Everywhere you go. Then I got a box or two of wisdom, a bag or two of faith. Well, and she, you know, I, I just couldn't miss the Holy Ghost. It was all over the place. I stopped to get some strength and courage to help me run this race. But then my blanket was getting full. And I remembered, you know what? I need grace. And I didn't forget salvation, so I tried to get enough to save both you and me. Then I started to the counter to pay the grocery bill, for I thought I had everything to do my master's will. As I went up the aisle, I saw prayer. Oh, I had to put that in. <laughs> for I knew when the moment I stepped outside, well, I would run right into sin. Peace and joy, well, it was plentiful. It was on a whole shelf all by itself. Songs and praises were hanging near, so I just helped myself. Then I said to the angel, how much do I owe? The angel smiled and said, just take them everywhere you go. And again, I politely asked, no, really, how much do I really owe? And the angel smiled again and said, my child, Jesus paid your bill a long time ago. You know, and close this morning, one of the fascinating stories to me is the story of Lazarus, you know, being raised from the dead. You know, he was a good friend. Jesus was a good, they were good friends, and Mary and Martha, his sisters, they were all friends. You know, when, when Jesus was called, when Jesus called for them to move the stone, remember, he has been dead for four days. Lazarus has been dead for four days. Roll away the stone. I'll guarantee you panic. Mary and Martha went into a state of panic. There's a situation, what's going on here? You can't control this situation. They didn't fully understand what Jesus' intentions were at that moment. This is important, don't miss this. Jesus' actions are not contingent upon your understanding. Let me say that again. Jesus' intentions, <laughs> they're not contingent about you understanding why he's doing what he's doing. Jesus does the will of the Father who sent him and who understands the bigger picture beyond our limited perspective. So friends, if you're dealing with spiritual motion sickness today, if you find yourself like Mary and Martha thinking, how is Jesus ever gonna resurrect this situation? I want all of us right now, this is what I wanna do this morning. I want all of us right where you're sitting and we're all gonna ask the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to meet each of you right where you are today. See, as our closing song plays, and I'm gonna have them bring the lights down, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to just slowly rain down upon you. Rain down upon whatever spiritual motion sickness you may be working with or struggling with. Healing rain for maybe it's, maybe it's a broken heart. Healing rain for your soul. Maybe there's someone in your family that you're so desperately <coughs> been praying for. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's one of your wayward kids or grandchildren. Could be a sick neighbor or, or a friend. And just say, Holy Spirit, just come to me. I'm so tired of dealing with this motion sickness. Will you fill me? Will you comfort me? Father, as we listen, friends, to these songs, let the floodgates of heaven open. Let your heart be open to him. Reveal and let him comfort you. 
the way the Holy Spirit can.